1: Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith. And I'm Andrew Tejada. I am a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a freelance writer with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do.
0: Every episode, we will discuss a film and its connection to the DC animated movie universe, compare it to its original source material, and share our
1: thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will, too. This is yet another DC Animated Podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Jamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, a.k.a. Rate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year
0: Children of the Corn 4 came out. You know, that obscure Stephen King movie about the child cult? Well, that's what premiered that year, apparently, because people wanted more of it.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. And speaking of crazy kids, we're going to be talking about some of the craziest kids in the DC animated universe, actually in pretty much in all of DC multiverse history, as we discuss the Teen Titans. From
0: obscure 2004 show to Teen Titans Go, this is the complete relaunch of the Teen Titans in the DC animated connected universe, and we cannot be more excited to dive into this. Yes.
1: And this movie starts it all off where the Justice League fights off with, against the Teen Titans, which is so great because, you know, the, the Teen Titans, everybody knows them. They're the sidekicks of the Justice League. They're the people that we probably would chuckle at as we see them either flying around or running around. But in this movie and in this series, they really put on their own as true heroes. So this is their intro into the new 52 DC animated universe. And this is a storyline that was created by Marv Wolfman, who is probably the most renowned person when it comes to the new Teen Titans and everything. This 2016 film was directed by Sam Liu. So we see a break now from Jay Olivia taking the directorial lead on a lot of these DC movies. And we also get to receive the return of the Moy Animation Company, who has been teaming up with the Warner Brothers Animation to create a lot of this stuff. We see them come back after Answer Studio Animation took over for the 1,939 Batman films we just had to watch.
0: Yeah. And you know how you can tell the animation company is back? Because everybody is jacked to the max once more. (laughs) That's right. It's return of everybody having 10 packs. Let's
1: go. And... This movie is probably one of our longest movies in the DC Animated Universe, where we have a runtime of 79 minutes. And honestly, we got the entire Justice League returning for all of their voice acting. We also see the return of Stuart Allen and Sean Mayer as Robin and Nightwing, respectively. And we also get introduced to the new Teen Titans, with Kari Walgren as Coriander. Not the spice, but she is quite spicy, Starfire. (laughs) Thaisa Farmiga as Rachel Roth, a.k.a. Raven. We see Brandon Suhu as Garfield Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy. And we couldn't dive into this magic without having a true wizard from Waverly Place with Jake T. Austin coming through as Jaime Reyes, a.k.a. Blue Beetle. Get that Blue Beetle in there with his little mohawk. It's great. (laughs) And just rounding up our, our team, we also have a great set of villains because we have john Burfnall and terence c carson coming through as trigon and raz al ghul so tcc is what I'm gonna call him <laughs> You probably remember him from living single but it's also the voice of kratos in the god of war games and john just did this you know not so big deal stint as the punisher on the netflix marvel tv series maybe know, one obviously. person heard of it i don't know it's pretty obscure right. you know right yeah.
0: yeah shane from the walking <laughs> dead who's that like come on right <laughs> the movie opens with uh the justice league scrapping against some various villains we got wonder woman versus cheetah we got superman versus lex Luthor. we got toy master versus cyborg and for some reason <laughs> why do they had well okay why did they make batman fight grundy Come on
1: now! That was my biggest. Come question. on now! <laughs> so I was like, no, <laughs> Grundy can slap Batman away so fast.
0: <laughs> it's Grundy like is the basic- Hulk person.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> it, it yeah, it's it's exactly. It's like Grundy is like the Hulk meets Frankenstein, and you got a Superman who can just punch him one good time. Why don't you send him after Batman and send Batman after Lex Luthor? Because he has a techno suit. I'm sure Batman can figure that out.
1: (laughs) And then this fight continues on. And I think the person who probably has the best job and the best thing to face off against in this whole fight is Robin as he's taking care of crowd control. Yes,
0: he is getting people to safety by sending explosions in their direction if they go... Wrong way, and he is quite bored. He wants to do more, you know, it's consistent with his character. He doesn't want to sit on the sidelines, so he finally gets his chance. When in a break during battle, Flash's enemy weather wizard gets possessed by a demon. And while everyone is trying to be tactical, how do we stop this demon? Damien's like, I'm going to take my dad's plane, I'm gonna ram it into this demon wizard guy. And if it causes a thermonuclear explosion, you know, who cares? Whatever. But I'm going to stop this.
1: (laughs) And he does, you know, not before leaving an entire hole in the the water that they're near, which is almost kind of reminiscent of exactly what happened in Justice League War. Yeah, they they hate water in this universe. (laughs) No wonder we never really see
0: Aquaman later on. And also, like after this, are they are Batman and Robin gonna have to walk home?
1: Are they gonna take an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Gotham. <laughs> and I think that that anger is probably where Batman was projecting onto Damien that he's pissed now because he's pissed over the fact that Damien isn't listening to him again. And we're and the fact that Damien is just doing his own thing, he's not following the chain of command, and we're almost like we're back to where we started, where we um first we were introduced to them back in the um, son of Batman. So as they're fighting the justice league takes the, my favorite approach I've ever seen of let the parent deal with their child. <laughs> yes. Batman
0: gives side eye to everybody. Wonder woman is the only one smart enough to not s- step into the parenting <laughs> matters, but Superman flash and cyborg are like, yo, get your kid. And Batman decides to uh, to send Damien away. Mm-hmm. And while he's doing that, Superman... <laughs> Here's another weird thing about this movie. Uh, Superman is seen doing laundry. Now, I yes. feel... <laughs> if you can fly around the world in like a second, is there any need for you to use a washing machine?
1: <laughs> right, You burn off all the germs that you might have accumulated. <laughs>
0: I, I, yeah, you could like ring them really fast. I feel like there was... Hey, it it there's a quicker way to do this but um while he's doing unnecessary laundry he gets uh, possessed by another demon which you know is going to be a problem later but we can't worry about that because Damien just arrived at the titan's tower
1: yes he's dropped off by nightwing which goes back to the great relationship that these two have they're almost like brothers now but Damien is trying to say that he can make it out there on his own and Nightwing is just telling him that no you know we have these rules we have this code for a reason and right now it seems like you need to spend some time being with people who are probably around your age group you're you've been hitting it up with the big leagues for so long that you probably forget to be a kid so nightwing drops damien off at the iconic t-shaped tower indicating that we are about to meet this new team of titans who we cut back right into a scene inside the tower and we see them all doing some training exercises and man i gotta say this team is good this team can fight this team team can handle their own they are stacked up. beast boys got
0: his transformations unlock. Jaime seems to have real control over it. And Raven is just so OP. Like <laughs> there, <laughs> there's word. no need for her to train. She has so much power. And Starfire, of course, is the leader of the team. And she has all the typical super strength green lasers. So she's she's ready. And she's I like to see her in this uh leadership position because normally Starfire is portrayed as this like either like cuckoo cloud cloud lander who doesn't know what's going on or she's just like this hot, airy airhead. So it's nice to see her like taking control. She has some trouble with like some human phrases, but, you know, to be expected, she just learned English in like a year. So it's nice to see her at the head of a team.
1: As Damien arrives, it's clear that Damien doesn't want to be there. He is welcomed by the team, but he decides to just go along his way to find wherever he needs to be. And back at the tower, after we see this scene with Superman and he's doing his laundry, and Superman shows that he his hands are rated E for everyone because he's willing <laughs> to fight the <a> shadow, uh, <laughs> Robin is training Robin has been training for the past hour and a half, his and his cardio is, is amazing <laughs> right. This is like I get winded after taking like five steps. This man's going for an hour and a half <laughs> so. Starfire calls him out on it quite nicely. Very teacher-esque, you know, saying that we must share. We must do things. Blue Beetle isn't having it. and hacks into the system, shuts it all down, which forces Robin to throw a batarang at Blue Beetle, which he does stop in time, but leads into this huge fight between the two. And Robin gets shot and burned in the face. Ha- Literally half this man's
0: dome comes off. <laughs> it is covered in burns. Luckily, Raven took a medical class at her local community college and is able to heal Robin pretty much instantly. And the moment he gets back up, he's back to his same routine. He's he's back being savage. He doesn't care that he almost died because he's got to insult Starfire with one of the most savage. Oh, my God. Starfire walks into the room and says, Damien, you know, you've been. You know, clashing, bumping heads with us. When are you gonna live up to your potential? And then he turns it back. He's like, When are you gonna live up to your Starfire?
1: Like, Jesus Jeez. Christ! Oh, I know that her name's Starfire, but Damien didn't need to burn nobody like that. Like, Jeez. come on, bro! Whew, sweating. He's just got those burns. <laughs> as, as this is all going down, we see cut back to a scene on Batman and Cyborg. They're investigating what happened to Weather Wizard and that transformation. And they all figured it out as based off of a misplaced shadow, a shadow that's not connected to any pillar. And I got to say, these scenes with the Justice League, they, they're happening so quickly. They're happening very fast. They, we kind of just jumping around because we know that the Teen Titans is who we want to focus on at this point. Because we jump back now to a scene of Superman and Woman to Woman, and they're coming out from a date. And Clark is starting to bug out now because he's starting to see images of Trigon So, and this kind of confirms this possession that is happening to Clark. And as I mentioned, we completely leave this date that Wonder (laughs) Woman and Superman are on. I guess he finally upgraded from his Greek restaurant in Metropolis, took her out (laughs) to a movie. (laughs) And we cut back to the tower where Damien is starting the apology tour because he sees Raven outside and he takes this time to go and meet her where she is to find out, you know, who she is, how this team works, but it's also Damien. So let's just say that his apology isn't the nicest thing you can hear. It's one of those classics,
0: like I'm sorry if you're offended kind of apologies, (laughs) but uh, one nice thing that they do work in is that when Raven healed Damien, she got a sense of who he was, his empathy, his feelings. So she sensed that he felt very sad. And as he's trying to figure out where she's from, her universe and her story, he realizes just by instinct, and he said he had some of that emotional exchange too, when she touched him, that he felt her sadness as well. So you have these two very damaged children sitting outside and really realizing how messed up their childhoods have been. And that's the connection between them that they did not have normal lives. They didn't, there was unlike beast boy and blue beetle. There wasn't a moment or 10 years of their life where they were normal before something happened. You know, beast boy turned when he was 11 blue beetle, they don't say, but I assume he wasn't born with the blue beetle on him. (laughs) So they had a time where they could be normal and they could have normal lives, but that was, that was never a reality for Raven or Damien. So it, It really hits this connection. It's a really nice story building moment.
1: Yeah, I truly do love that because Damien and Raven weren't the most likeliest pairing that I think that I was expecting coming into watching this film. Being the DC people that we are, we grew up on Teen Titans and reading some of the comics. So we kind of had an idea of just like who was with who. So seeing this new dynamic was just so wonderful because it helped to open up the story a bit more and speaking of opening up things we cut back to superman who was just banging his head against the wall to either get rid of the thoughts in his head maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe he had an itch <laughs> just
0: yeah it, it uh it's uh it's weird you know maybe listen to some nice music or you know meditate but whatever works but he doesn't have much time to bang his head against the wall because who should show up but superman's most notorious villain atomic skull who who is this guy who's atomic <laughs> <laughs> he just this guy atomic skull he has a flaming skull for a head i don't
1: i that's it that's his stick and i think he actually earns probably the most jack character in our oh, film oh yeah. yeah this guy
0: is impressive and he comes to superman and he's like yo i'm ready for i'm i'm improved i'm better than ever but he gets one look at superman his eyes are weird he's giving him weird vibes and atomic skull is like yo let me do a quick mental health checking you good bro (laughs) like we we don't have to do this today and superman beats the crap
1: out of this guy (laughs) yeah and right before it looks like superman's about to kill atomic skull Batman drives up in Batmobile. So I guess we do now know <laughs> they have <laughs> several other cars to travel with. Yes. And Wonder Woman also arrives as she finally finds Superman and they're confronting him, asking him what's going on. As Superman's about to lunge at Wonder Woman, Batman pulls out some kryptonite causing Superman to get weak in the knees. And this is, if you thought Damien was just has some backhanded <laughs> insults, Batman's are probably a little bit worse. Uh, When Superman is basically cowering from this kryptonite exposure, Wonder Woman asks, like, what is this? What are you doing to him? Batman says, oh, I guess he doesn't tell you everything. (laughs) He's pointing out your relationship problems, bro. Right? It's like, there's no communication there, man. Like, what's going on? (laughs) So at this moment now, Superman is... Saying things, he's clearly possessed. He's saying that the time has come, the rising is coming. The once the girl is secured, that's it. And his entire body starts to turn this reddish hue, very similar to the transformation that the weather wizard went through. He grows another pair of eyes, they're glowing yellow, and Superman takes off in full flight. We don't know where he's going, but Batman is scared shitless at this point.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite lines of the movie right here is uh batman's trying to formulate a plan be calm because you know superman turning evil is especially this superman in this universe you do not want that to happen and he's like everybody stay cool stay calm stay cool wonder woman's like but what if he like attacks the moon and batman's like don't be ridiculous wait did he say anything about taking out the moon because <laughs> no oh okay 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 we're, we're gonna go with plan my plan plan b and Batman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman, they go off to try to take care of what they need to try to find a lead on Superman. And while they're doing this very dramatic thing, Starfire says, you know what? These kids are messed up. (laughs) (laughs) They need to have some fun. So she takes them all to a carnival.
1: And at this carnival, it's really a wonderful moment because despite having the, 90s style rock music playing in the background to show that, like, hey, we're teenagers and we have fun. They really have moments in which the Titans are talking with one another, really having a great time. Robin is still off in the distance, keeping to himself, but Raven kind of opens up some doors. And we're seeing a bit more of this relationship between Raven and Robin opening up. There's a sort of a crush that's developing. It's just so much fun to see them playing all these games and ultimately it turns into a competition as after Robin and Raven kind of talk a bit more about their upbringing, their history, their background, with not without exposing too much about who they are, they see that Beast Boy and Blue Beetle are engaging in a head-to-head competition on DDR.
0: Yes, the most sacred and noble of stages and blue beetle has nothing like he's just not even making it past level level 10 i don't know how ddr levels go but uh, he's not making it he's not doing well so damien's like hold my beer and (laughs) goes and tries to handle business out on the ddr stage against beast boy and raven would love to watch this competition but you know, three of her demon brothers showed up and told her to go meet him on an isolated mountain outside of the carnival.
1: Yeah, and while she's there, she also gets to see this astral projection neon light show version of her father who's engaged in the conversation with her. So now we get for the first time to see and hear the true voice and true image of Trigon, who kind of shows a little bit of his plan. He tells her that it's time for her to come home because it's time for her to open up this portal to bring him to Earth so that he may conquer it. And Raven's not having it. She transforms into her full iconic Raven costume and is just battling head to head against all three demons, but unfortunately gets blasted away right at the moment where Robin wins this dance-off. And as they're celebrating, they spring into action in probably the most (laughs) i have a lot of feelings about this (laughs) Uh, oh
0: yeah the the sailor moon transformation yes (laughs) so beast boy makes sense he has the outfit under his clothes and blue beetle makes sense his outfit grows but starfire's sailor moon transformation into this other outfit i don't know how it's possible. Secondly, did we really have to go close up to her thighs? Like, come on now. Come on, animators. You ain't slick.
1: Right. We spent... They were like, oh, man, we lost Talia. Who, 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 we, got in the, who we got in the reserves? <laughs> and it's crazier because Robin doesn't get one. So either he didn't get the memo, but he has to run back to the car where he left his sword. Yes, yeah, he, he breaks the window. He's like, I don't even
0: care i gotta get my stuff together (laughs) and uh he comes back and slices a demon in the head with my favorite line of the movie where after he slices the demon's head off he goes please tell me they're undead so he can keep with his no killing streak and (laughs) raven's like yeah you basically just kill them over and over again until they're tired out so that's what the group proceeds to do
1: And it was so great to see this fight, in my opinion, because they got the banter, they got the power, they got the teamwork. There were some moves that was just like, there's no way that Robin just knew how to do this because my dude was providing assists left and right. And Starfire gets distracted because at this moment, Raven reveals to her that her father is the one that's attacking them, which questions Starfire's entire leadership skills, I felt like there was this moment where she was just like, maybe Damien was right for calling me out for not realizing that I need to be more mindful about who we're bringing on to the team, who it is that we're bringing together, because at this moment, she's so distracted, she gets knocked out, as does Raven. And in an attempt to save her Raven unconsciously releases her dark bird energy, which, which is also called her soul self, which I'll go get into a little bit more as we talk about the comics.
0: Yeah, and that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, Like, (laughs) after she whips that thing out, it's just game over for everybody. As the battle is settling, she decides it's time to tell everybody what's going on. So she takes them to this barren ruins and says, well, it's a long story. We'll summarize it as quick as possible. But basically... And also, quick
1: disclaimer, we will be discussing... um, you know, adult things. So, if you have any kids who you have not shared the history of the birds and the bees about, we, um, we're going to join you on this journey today. <laughs> yep,
0: it's a, this will be a good
1: conversation opener for them. Yep. Uh, so
0: what happens is Raven's mom decided to join a cult because reasons, <laughs> and in this satanist cult, Raven's mom was offered as a Wife, uh, sexual sacrifice, yeah, and big clear.
1: Trigon presents himself as this, I guess, handsome looking fella who Raven's mom is just enamored with upon seeing. The two get together, and it was at that moment where Trigon reveals his true identity, his true form, and Raven's mom is just. So scared about what's to come because she knows that she's now going to give birth to a child that is half demon.
0: Yeah, this is
1: catfishing at the
0: worst level. (laughs) Because he's a big red demon that's like 50 feet tall and like kind of like the devil. Mm -hmm. So after this impregnation, Raven's mom decides to run to this mystical land, Azarath, where there's a bunch of wizards just chilling. And she's having a pretty good life, pretty decently but a young Raven says, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what my dad's like. So she decides to Skype Trigon just, just for fun. (laughs) And uh, the Skype connection goes wrong because Trigon comes in and just kills Raven's mom, anybody just walking around that day. And luckily Raven was able to stop him by imprisoning him in a crystal. And after this incident, the titans go back to present time the titans ask like why didn't you just go home after you did all that imprisonment stuff and she's like you see these ruins you see that that broken moon up there that's that's home that's what trigon did for, with like five minutes so yeah we're we we're not gonna let him come to earth because that's gonna be your moon like i know batman was worried about superman messing up the moon no trigon is really the threat to the moon
1: yes and at this moment the Titans decide to band with Raven, work with her to finally take down her father, because right now they know best. They know everything that's going to be happening in terms of just like what's to come. They know that most importantly, they need to protect Raven and ensure that she isn't going to get captured by Trigon. But at that very same moment, the League with Cyborg, Batman, Wonder Woman and Flash arrive via BoomTube and they're demanding that Raven be turned over to them. This leads into a back and forth and we finally get to see the earliest stages of the Teen Titans versus the Justice League. But at that same moment, Raven starts freaking out because she senses her brothers or her father's presence around them and is alerting them all that, no, this is the plan. This was his plan all along. He wanted the league to be here. He wanted them to fight against us because at this very same moment, shadows are appearing all over the place and possessed every single member of the league. Except for Batman, because my dude kind of went out like a G. <laughs> he shot
0: himself with nerve gas meant for freaking Bane. Bane! Oh, man, this guy is just... ugh. Because the thing is, if you get too injured when you have a demon inside you, they're like, nah, bro. And they leave. So, yep, he said nerve gas. <laughs> he could have... <laughs> I feel like there was another option, but... Right. He, <laughs> But while he escaped possession, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Cyborg proceed to mock the Teen Titans left and right. Flash, at one point, has his hand vibrating in Damien's heart. And he's like, yo, I will end his entire career if you don't come with me, Raven. And she's like, cool. So Raven, evil Wonder Woman, evil Flash leave. But just before Cyborg leaves, Blue Beetle is able to snap him out of it. And now we got Cyborg, Batman free. But Wonder Woman, Flash, and Raven now have to work for Trigon.
1: And they get teleported, Raven and the Evil League. They get teleported over to where Superman is. During this time, we find out that Superman has flown over to somewhere in the Middle East. He has somehow gone deep 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 into the earth and has brought up what honestly is this giant circular thing that you know if you're a fan of stargate sg1 i think that's the only way i can describe it uh superman sees raven and says that her father is waiting for her up there and this is kind of one of my favorite moments from raven because it's clear that she does not care about any of these demons every single time she has an interaction with any one of them they get they, they had no screen time, honestly. They're just pushed to the side. It's like, I am who I am. I am your ruler, even though I'm not even with your crew. So you can bow down and move to the side. And she does the same thing with Superman. A possessed Superman. And she pushes him to the side like he was, like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, she does not
0: care. And it really matches well with Damien because back in the tower they're like all right we got a plan because damien reveals that when he met every single titan he put trackers on them so he knows exactly where raven is and batman's on the couch unconscious breathing oxygen he's out he's down for this (laughs) he's not going to be a part of the final battle which is fine since he (laughs) i mean he put in his work with grundy it's okay
1: yeah also i feel like batman's never usually a part of the final battle when it comes to the bigger justice league thing (laughs)
0: You're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. They always find a way for him to get out of it. So here's one of my favorite sequences, favorite cuts of the movie. They say, you know, do you have a plan to take out Superman? And Damien just gives him a a Batman smile. Like smiles exactly like Batman would and says, got a plan. So we see, we cut to the Stargate is opening. They rush towards to fight Superman. It's Cyborg, it's Starfire. They're charging in. And their plan is to throw Damien into Superman with a big-ass piece of kryptonite and let them crash him to the earth. That is the plan.
1: (laughs) Yo, because even worse, Damien shanked him. Yeah. (laughs) Like, in the side. But as Superman's gaining back consciousness, he's just like, yo, but for real, though, can you take this thing out? Like, we good now, bro? Like, what's going on?
0: (laughs) I'm just like, guys, this is, this is like no one else like (laughs) starfire could have done that like guys
1: even cyborg put it in the cannon or something
0: exactly (laughs) some gas like jesus this is not a good plan
1: but superman disagrees with us because as the team settles in this new crater that's the body of superman has created superman looks over to starfire and angrily says did you sanction this plan and Starfire looks a little down but she kind of regains her confidence and said yes this was my plan and Superman gives her the the okay she did a great job and I think this was such a great moment here because you had the leader of the Justice League saying that the leader of the Teen Titans did good work. Yeah it's a nice kind of passing of the torch moment recognizing mm-hmm.
0: and legitimizing Teen titans as a real team and it's just in time because ravens entered her avatar state and she's about to open that portal so they realize they got to get wonder woman and flash free so the superman decides to <laughs> destroy flash's whole tibula <laughs> and <laughs> stomp on this man's leg Word. so hard and he's like after flash snaps out of it he's like bro, what the hell? And Superman's like, yo, how fast can you heal? He's like, an hour? He's like, 10 minutes. What?
1: <laughs> bro! <laughs> so Superman continues to take on the rest of the Justice League. As we see the Titans now heading over to Raven, Superman's able to take down Diana because she he gets her lasso from her and is able to use the lasso of truth to get her to say her true name and release the demon as possessing her. But as the Titans are making their way over to Raven and finally break away from the Stargate, uh, Raven acknowledges that, unfortunately, it's too late. The ritual is done, and the ground collapses underneath them as Trigon has now entered the earthly realm.
0: He's big as Godzilla and just as tough, because the combined might of the Justice League, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, So it's just the three of them trying to stop Trigon while Raven takes everyone into Trigon's home under alternate world. I don't think they ever name it. Yeah, it's hell. It's hell.
1: Yeah, it's like (laughs) hell. (laughs) This is the same place though that Raven might have been holding Trigon originally um, when she first had him in the crystal. Like she had him in the crystal, but then was also in this other state. So he was like in a super super prison. Mm -hmm. Um so the Titans now make their way over to this hell escape. And at this moment, it feels like every single person in this film has had a freak out moment. And now we're going to get to see beast boys because he's breaking down almost like he uh, they're attacked by these like eel like demons. And then he's just turning into just these blobs of things until he finally comes out as this wolf like creature and it helps them to attack the demons and, um, and defeat them as they keep on progressing through the stages of hell raven's brothers come back through as like the kind of like the final stand and fuse together in this Speaking of the godzilla they fuse together in this like bug-like king Ghidorah, um <laughs> being yes which doesn't even have a chance to survive because it is mission time only and we need to get to this crystal and as raven is up there she flies it to the tower. She sees the crystal. She's getting ready to use it. But there's this figure in the background that's lurking in the distance that Robin also sees. So he goes up there to help her. And the figure happens to be good old granddad, tired of
0: this digging holes. Grandpa himself, Razal Ghoul, Ghul, comes up and tries to tempt Robin. Basically says, yo, if you kill Raven right now, I can come back. We can have the world we always wanted The intention, kind of weird. He doesn't mention his daughter at all, but you know (laughs) we'll get to that later. And Robin, showing his character growth, says, "No, I I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to embrace this new found family I have." So he fights against his dear old grandpa. His grandpa gets locked in some demons, and that takes care of that. And now Raven decides to use her what was it the shadow force you said
1: yes the her her soul self
0: yes she uses her soul self to put trigon in a master ball and capture him (laughs) like a pokemon and she completely wraps up trigon as he's (laughs) destroying a city like any good godzilla would and traps him inside a tiny red crystal
1: and the team makes their way back out but not before Raven is saying that she needs to stay here to ensure that Trigon doesn't escape. At this moment, we see for the first time ever that Robin has finally connected to his emotional side. It's just overall, I enjoy your company and the presence that you have on my life and we'll be, it'll be a shame if we lose you. So they, get, they head back home to Titans Titans Tower and our team of Titans are listening to the Justice League give a report about everything that happened. They are expressing some joy over their victory and, and praising them for the work that was done. Cyborg arrives with some pizza <laughs> via Boom Tube. And it's great to have this moment because right before Blue Beetle and Beast Boy were saying that, you know, if you want to come through and join the Titans, we have a better crew, you know, we don't have healthcare, but at least we'll have <laughs> fun. <laughs> and at that moment... Cyborg brings over a slice of pizza to Raven, and he sees that the gem that she trapped her father in is now embedded in her head. And we close out to Trigon screaming at her, saying, You're going to release me. I will be free. And that is our movie. That is Justice League versus the Teen Titans. And we got a little teaser at the end of something, a very big storyline that I'm very excited to see in the future. But Andrew, what would you, how would you rate this movie? How many demons would you give this movie out of 10? Uh, if
0: we're if we're rating uh, those demon daddies, uh, I'm going to give it... <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a solid seven demon daddies out of 10. This movie does really well at introducing the Titans and setting them up. There's a lot of stuff now that I'm seeing and I'm realizing that it's foreshadowed for the very end of this universe and a lot of great setup here. But I think The movie's flaw is the same ad that we ran into during Throne of Atlantis, where there are so many characters and they're trying Mm. to do so many plot lines. Once again, Superman and Wonder Woman, they seem to really want us to be invested in this relationship, but they spend absolutely no time (laughs) trying to bring us into this relationship. So once again, they're kind of sidelined. And they do so well with Batman, Flash and Cyborg in this movie where even Batman and Damien, they have exactly the amount of interactions they need to and then they keep moving. So I think that segues into my RTA alteration. If you really want us to be invested in this Wonder Woman Superman relationship in this movie because you're trying to do something with it. And I at the moment, I don't remember if they ever really do anything else with it after this point but do it (laughs) (laughs) do it do something with it have set up the plot a little bit differently because there's so much going on anyway i would have been fine with the entire storyline minimize cyborg and batman go all in on diana and superman and if you don't want to go all in then take it out do one of those two things because i i feel like in the time we spend with them we can either shorten back because we the movie's long enough you don't need that subplot at all it doesn't doesn't really help anything at the end or you know commit to it fully just do one of those just don't keep giving us these half plot lines because that takes me back to bad blood and we don't want to think about bad blood anymore
1: and i agree i think i was going back and forth between a seven and eight on this movie um i kind of felt actually that this didn't really help too much in tying in the overall angle that i'm thinking of maybe i could be wrong um i just felt that like but i do feel like this was a great introductory story to help expand this universe that they're trying to create mm-hmm. like every character had their proper moment you know except for superman and wonder woman because like honestly what, what are we doing there now <laughs> but you know we we also didn't need such long-winded backstories for a lot of them i felt like each person had the proper introduction the proper amount of time to establish their character and i'm speaking mostly about like blue beetle and beast boy Mm -hmm. um i think with adding starfire finally after we've kind of been seeing little cameos and hearing her voice a little bit here and there in the previous movies it's great to finally see who she is as a character and the relationship that she has with uh nightwing also this is the movie that I felt was needed for Damien because I felt that with the events of Bad Blood, I'm sorry to bring this up. (laughs) (laughs) Damien's story in there didn't really connect to how he is and where he is currently here. Like I feel like Mm -hmm. it definitely transferred over well if we just did Batman versus Robin to Teen Titans here. So, that's why I'm kind of glad that we kind of had a bit of a, almost like a soft reboot a little bit of his character to give us the proper storyline that Damien needed to open himself up more to working collaboratively with a team.
0: You're, yeah, you're right. There is nothing from Bad Blood that carries over here. Like we said earlier, when Razal al Ghul sees Damien in the afterlife, he doesn't mention like, Damien, you can be with your mother again or something like that, which would be a compelling thing Mm -hmm. to make but he doesn't seem to recognize that talia is dead at all like it is literally (laughs) like nothing from that movie happened and like we were saying earlier damien was acting out again even though he had come to a more peaceful state at the end of bad blood but again it's like a soft reset so yeah bad blood again very unnecessary the other thing i wanted to say is another reason it's a seven out of ten for me the title of this movie is justice league versus teen titans You know how long we get (laughs) Justice League versus Teen Titans? About three minutes. And I get it. I get it. You wanted a flashy title for it. But maybe instead of having seven minutes dedicated to Superman and Wonder Woman in the middle of the movie when they come and get Raven and they have this philosophical argument about like handing Raven over, maybe you can put more of that into the movie. Maybe you can have more Ideological conflicts between the heroes and the titans that separate them, so that when they come together at the end, it's even more inspiring than it was. Instead, like five, you got three minutes. You got three minutes where it's like Flash has got Robin singing the heart, and it's like. That's right. It. Like, that That's was the a versus.
1: big deal, too, because it was just like we got a chance to see each person kind of go all out. And especially for Robin to also teach himself restraint, too, because mm-hmm. he can't kill, especially because it's just like, I feel like if you kill one of your dad's coworkers, it's kind of a no-no. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been nice to, to get more of like, yeah,
0: maybe a killing conflict. Maybe, you know, oh, you know what would have been cool? I'm oh, sorry, I want to do a, another quick RRT alteration. If. The question would have not have been what taking Raven, killing Raven, if that Mm -hmm. was the question. And even Batman was trying to... Batman would have been the detractor, of course, because he's Batman. And it would, instead of putting Damien and Batman against each other, this could have been a time where they're like, Batman's like, I don't know. I don't know about killing a kid. And the Titans would protect her, whereas Wonder Woman would definitely be down to kill a kid. (laughs) This version of Superman would cyborg if you could convince him logically you could get him um flash who knows what he would be in this situation but if you could do that as a conflict as killing raven is the only way then it's justice league versus teen titans and mm-hmm. the fact that they find a way around it in the end would be more affected so yeah there we go that's the change make it so it's about killing raven and not about whether wonder woman and superman are going to hook up this week
1: yeah that would have been awesome to kind of see that kind of conflict come up because it would be a double way of doing it It was like yes you have to fight but also we're also morally having this debate
0: yeah it, it would have been it would have been intriguing it would have been interesting and uh, yeah i think it would have been a better fight better conflict and hopefully maybe maybe in the comic section you'll tell us but while I wonder what Nightwing was doing this entire movie, what, was he freelancing in Bloodhaven again? Let's get a message from our sponsor that has to do with freelancers as well, Fiverr.
1: Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site? Or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project? Or maybe you just need
0: someone to write expert articles and blogs for that website. Look no further than the number one freelance
1: marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more from in seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off to the races. Don't deal
0: with the hassle of finding freelancers yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the description of this episode to get started.
1: Please note that yet another DC animated podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link below.
0: These commissions help support the growth of yet another DC animated podcast. So we appreciate your continued support.
1: All right. Now that we've talked about our movies, time to dive into some comic book knowledge as we go through the entire history of the teen Titans and their biggest threats, including Trigon. So before we start, I got to say that most of my teen Titans knowledge actually comes from the TV shows that we have. There have been a surplus of Titans con- content out there in the world. <laughs> Teen Titans go. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the 2014 Titans series, which was probably the, one of the most iconic ones of our generation growing up. Then we followed it up with Young Justice, taking on the helm of making the Teen Titans, which was already a really great show, even better by adding some more character development and everything. And then we kind of regressed um, <laughs> I think it's probably before the toy sales, to Teen Titans Go, where all the characters are made into a very chibi-like versions of themselves, very over-exaggerated. But, you know, if you're a big comic book fan and you like your, your Easter eggs, I think this is probably a good show for you. And finally, we had the Titans series that premiered on the DC Universe streaming service and is now currently available on hbo max hashtag we are not sponsored but we would love to be
0: yeah let me uh no i probably shouldn't talk about titans
1: (laughs) (laughs) they they will not want to
0: make me to to talk about titans
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that's all i'll
0: say about that (laughs) yes but this
1: (laughs) all of these shows are really great because we got to see such a robust titans roster um from teen titans to the titans And they got a chance to dive into a lot of the stories that made the Titans great. As I mentioned before, there isn't really any true comic that this is pulling from exactly. This is a loose adaptation of a couple of them, I believe. This is the new teen titans 1984 series uh trigon terror of trigon it also includes the first introduction of the new teen titans by Marv wolfman and george perez called new teen titans and dealing with their very first set of issues called trigon lives and i want to say also this is probably pulling from the pre-flashpoint teen titans issues numbers 89 through 92 where we actually got to see damon forcibly added to the roster by batman and nightwing
0: (laughs) nice summer school it's, it's basically like summer school you know
1: yeah and this is only because ironically batman and nightwing felt that damien was calm enough so that he didn't need any supervision from not killing people but <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna dive into a little bit more of the history with a story i like to call the titans are all right oh ho ho, all right <laughs> so The Teen Titans, as I mentioned, probably has one of the largest roster in comic book history. But most of the time, we always see this core team, kind of what we see in the Teen Titans cartoon series with Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg, uh, sometimes Kid Flash, and then also Aqualad, which is some characters you will see in a lot of the other series. But this is the first time that we actually get to see that Blue Beetle is added on to our character list here in this film. Uh, Blue Beetle's relatively new. Um, he is actually, this version of Blue Beetle's relatively new. He was previously a man by the name of Ted Kord, very connected to Booster Gold, and they had this whole thing. But then they introduce Jaime Reyes, who would become the new Blue Beetle after interacting with the Scarab that attaches itself to his back. But going back to this core team of Teen Titans, they were first introduced in the Brave and the Bold number 54 back in July of 1964 as a way to reach a younger demographic for comic book readers. So, a.k.a. the we need to make comics hip and young approach. They were created by Bob Paney and Bruno Premiani, and they weren't originally called the Teen Titans in their first issue, actually, in this Brave and the Bold issue. They were just a group of the sidekicks that happened to be Robin, Dick Grayson, Kid Flash, Wally West, and Aqualad Garth. They fought against Mr. Twister. Uh, They wouldn't come back for about six issues. And at that point, because of the fact of, again, we need to reach out to a younger demographic and we needed to make sure that everybody was included, we got to see that they added on Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, in this new team. And it wasn't until maybe their third story, which was released in showcase issue number 59, back in um, about 1964, 1965, that they finally got the okay for their own title series called the Teen Titans. Let's just say that they probably didn't start off the best way. (laughs) Really, because... Again, they were the sidekicks, so no one really took them seriously, but they really used the books as a way to kind of show that, like, hey, they are young adults that are maturing to become like the Justice League, so we can definitely treat them as such. But their villains were trash. (laughs) (laughs) They probably have the least memorable villains of all time, um, like the, the, uh, the, the separated man who was able to create enlarged appendages of himself that he can manipulate yes get your mind out the gutter Andrew
0: sorry it's already there
1: (laughs) (laughs) so again like I said they didn't really have the best start and it ultimately led to this series being canceled a lot (laughs) and not Uh, just
0: internet canceled just actually canceled
1: (laughs) yeah but um you know they they kept coming back and I think it was again this desire to make sure that we had a young hip crew that kids could connect to of all ages. They ran for about 43 issues up until 1973. We got to see an increase in the roster, but again, it only lasted up until 43 issues, but they finally came back strong because Marv Wolfman and George Perez picked up the book with the name, the new teen Titans, and they took over and completely revolutionized the series creating the most iconic roster that we see all the time of Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg, and Kid Flash. This is the team that we mostly see in all the storylines. This is the team that we think of when we think of all the big arcs, such as the Trigon Lives, the Terror of Trigon, the Judas Contract, which we'll talk about in another episode but all these characters are so great to see because they were connect. everybody could connect with one of them. And I want to say that, like, because of that, it helped to have finally a group that anyone could truly connect with, as I mentioned, because they didn't feel as if they were being forced on. They were, yes, they were the sidekicks, but some of them were their own new heroes. So it helped create a bit more diversity, you know, especially because this boy was green. Um, yeah, yeah, finally. So their first story arc spanned about six issues. And this was when we kind of got an introduction to Raven. She assembled the team to fight against her father, Trigon, who was coming through to Earth to try to conquer it. Just like kind of how we see here in this movie. In fact, the title of the film actually connects and is possibly a callback to the fourth issue of this new series, where the Teen Titans and the Justice League of America fought against each other after Raven was mind controlling both of them the Justice League was first reached out to by Raven to warn them about the threat of Trigon. And they were like, nah, use a demon. We don't mess with demons. Therefore, we, we, we're not going to help you. So Raven decided, well, if y'all are not going to help me, I might as well build my own team. So she came through and, <laughs> and snatched up all of their sidekicks and all these new heroes. And they banded together to help defeat Trigon in the uh, first of possibly many times actually the Trigon's made an appearance, and he's probably and he's actually seen as one of the main antagonists of the Teen Titans. This was great. This was a great story to start off with, and it led into this whole series culminating in 91 issues. And there was a bit of a title change at one point because, as I mentioned, they were called the new Teen Titans, and then they changed it to the Tales of the Teen Titans, I guess because they weren't so new anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know it we this is where we really got a chance to see a lot of the biggest stories in Teen Titans history the things that we see played out all the time in these new iterations in this movie especially so it was great to see this is the origin of all of these things and why even though that they've been used constantly it can never really feel exhausted because each person that comes through with these films and these movies for these um, for these stories, they add a little bit more flair. Sometimes they go, they lean into heavily to what is age appropriate. And sometimes they lean into any things that are probably just like really cringeworthy that we're going to talk about in a future episode. Oh, yes. And most importantly, um, even with all the changes that happen to the Teen Titans, the one thing that may remain constant is that No matter what version of the Titans we have, we always have a Robin leading this team. So that's why I'm glad that they continue that with Damian Wayne leading the Teen Titans in this iteration. Because actually, in the new 52 comics, Damian doesn't lead the Titans at all. It is still run by Tim Drake, who teams up with a new version of Wonder Girl by the name of Cassandra. Um he also is working alongside with Beast Boy, uh metahuman by the name of Bunker, and also Superboy and a couple other characters. Unfortunately, that series was I'll I'll try to hold back. It, it just it just wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I I could spend another hour talking about why it wasn't good.
0: <laughs> it, it's a it's a weird combo when I'm just hearing the names, just from what I've seen of like the Tim Drakes and Tim Drake and Beast Boy is already a kind of weird combination for me, just thinking about it. So I can imagine,
1: like, it just didn't gel. Yeah. It, it, woof, just, I think it's giving it a kind word, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have there now, that was the Teen Titans. And I'm actually going to do a two-parter in storytelling titles, because now I'm going to talk about Raven and Trigon. And we're going to be introduced first to Trigon, because Trigon was a Rolling Stone. And Trigon was first introduced, as I mentioned, in this new Teen Titans story arc that we have written by uh, George Perez and Marv Wolfman. He is the embodiment of all the dark emotions of Azeroth. So, Azeroth is this magical, mystical place that exists somewhere on a plane between realms. And in order to find a way to get to full peace, the residents of Azarath took their negative feelings and separated it from themselves and cast it into the netherworld or the nether realm instead of just going to therapy okay (laughs) and here we have now with all that negative emotion it led into this death cult because again we for some reason we can't have trigon without having the death cult and apparently at this time in the dc universe there were several of them Oh, that's not reassuring. (laughs) Yeah, so Raven's mom had her her choice of of death cults that she could have joined. But in this other random death cult, they once again wanted to bring forth a demonic being by ways of sacrificing a woman to be pregnant with a demon. And that was Trigon's mom. He... Mm -hmm came forward as a little baby demon, was not cute at all. (laughs) Um, And he not only killed everyone that was a part of the cult, he went on to destroy every single thing that was within his dimension. Because again, Trigon is this dimensional demon. It's not just hell. It's just he can traverse through dimensions, which he which we see a little bit of when we hear that he's trying to get Raven to bring him forward into this new space that he has of Earth. Um, Trigon got bored with running his destroyed world. So he decided to jump around to other dimensions and try to destroy them there too. But again, nothing could give Trigon his joy and his time. So he decided to start hooking up with people and having kids. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to create extensions of himself. And he thought that by creating more, more of his children demons, that they would join along with him in his dimensional conquest. Unfortunately, every single one of them was like, nah, you weren't there for me on my fifth birthday, so I'm not going to be there for you here. <laughs> Unfortunately, Trigon did not like that and destroyed not only his kids, but also his and their entire dimension as well. (laughs) That is much worse than not paying child support. (laughs) So this entire time, Trigon has mostly had sons. Raven is probably, as far as I can tell, his one and only daughter, if not his most well-known daughter she was born from a woman named angela or she goes back and forth in the names um it does get changed because of her her history as as i'll talk about right now again just like in the movie she joined the death cult who wanted to summon the demon or rather the devil himself but instead got trigon so Mm. i can't tell if this was like oh, no, he wasn't here today, so it looks like you're just going to get me. Success. (laughs) (laughs) And she gets married to him in the comics. And as they are consummating their marriage, this is when Trigon, like in the movie, reveals himself to not be this handsome fella, but rather this demonic being and... It is at that moment he just knows that, like, I have a child coming through. So she, Angela, decides that she wants to get away as best as possible. Trigon kills the death cult once again. You know, like, you can't not stray away from your MO. Yeah. And coming. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Trigon is now looking for Angela, who is now at this point ready to commit suicide. Was saved by someone named Azar, who is from Azeroth. Great naming, guys. Great, <laughs> great job there. Azar takes Angela over to Azeroth, where Raven is born. And Raven is then trained to hide her emotions because if she shows any shred of emotion in any way, shape, or form, Trigon will be able to locate her. And at this point, Azeroth is completely out of Trigon's accessibility as far as they know because of the fact they've been hiding their emotions for so long at one point however something does happen where raven loses azar azar passes away and at that moment raven does express some sadness leading to trigon finding her and coming to azarath himself angela goes in to defend and save her daughter, but Trigon kind of pr- turns her into an older woman. And at that moment, Raven releases her soul self, the dark bird that we um that we saw her use in the movie, the thing that we see her use all the time in comics and in um in television shows and everything. And if we find out that Trigon knew that this was happening because it's the soul self of her that is going to help him come to Earth because it is his almost like key to opening the gateway to traverse dimensions this is when raven is just like all right well now that we know all this i gotta get out of here so she takes her mom they leave azarath and they land on earth where she's now telling the justice league of america that hey trigon's coming i need your help what are we gonna what are we gonna do? and, as I mentioned, they turned her away because she's a demon, and that is how we got full circle how we got the Teen Titans and this new iteration of them and this new version. But the battle does lead into them making some really big sacrifices, but we have all these great rich stories. To pull from, which is why I think that the Teen Titans series, no whatever version of this may be, they they do have um they do have some hits here and there. Yeah,
0: it is uh it's it's great to see them out because uh yeah, grew up on Teen Titans, loved the focus on each of these young heroes that I didn't get to meet, and it's it's good mm-hmm. to see them once again getting their
1: proper shine on the the big DC animated stage. Yeah, and I'm definitely happy about them coming through now. Again, like I said, they really expanded the universe here. They it's no longer just centered on the Justice League and and Damian. We have a new group of heroes that I feel that when the old guard decides to step down, they they can definitely handle it. So, and in this universe that they're creating, I think they did a great job in this being Damien's next step of becoming this collaborative dude. And, you know, I, I don't see how it can fall at this point because we do have an opportunity to get introduced to more and more characters as we're setting up for the final moments because we are now reaching about our midway point of all of these films. Yep, it's time to turn off your lights
0: because next time around, we're going to hit Justice League dark.
1: <laughs> now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. The first comic on our list is The New Teen Titans Volume 1. This collected edition has the first eight original 1980s comics by Marv Wolfman and George Perez of the new Teen Titans series, so you'll definitely be able to read the Trigon Live story here. Next, we have Teen Titans Volume 1, Damien Knows Best. This collected edition of the 2016 DC Rebirth series by Benjamin Percy has Damian Wayne mimicking Raven's original tactics as he assembles his new team to face his grandfather, Raz, and his cousin, Mara Al Ghul, who are trying to kill him. Lastly, we're changing the game here with our first recommended viewing with Teen Titans The Series. This series from 2003 ran for five seasons and is a great watch for Teen Titans fans and is filled with great storylines and character development. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC Animated Podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.